Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. This is the whole premise of what we're doing right now. The past, this is the third week that we've been talking about here for life. We've been walking through what Holy Spirit's doing. And one thing he's wanting to do is a new thing in your life. Can I tell you, God is not interested in you eating stale spiritual food. Manna was good for one day, and then it rotted. In your life and in my life, God is wanting you to eat something fresh from his table on a regular basis. Can I tell you this? In the kingdom of God, there are no leftovers. My dad does not like leftovers. My mom loves leftovers. She has a saying, it's always better the second day. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. That is a poverty mindset that has to be broken off of her in the name of Jesus. I don't know. Y'all are talking back today. Cool. But can I tell you, in the kingdom of God, he has fresh things for you every single day. And our responsibility is to go to our dad and say, Father, I want something new. And this is where the Holy Spirit kicks in for us in full speed. We ended last week talking about this idea that the Father sends the Son, the Son sent the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit sends you. And if we are trying to live life without the Holy Spirit, we're always trying to eat off of somebody else's revelation. And this is what's taken place in our church body today, is that instead of us living in communion with Holy Spirit, we're living in communion with somebody else's podcast. And we're trying to eat off of their previous plate. And the worst part is, is that a lot of the podcasts are eating off of other people's podcasts, who are eating off of other people's podcasts. And you're getting food that's leftovers of leftovers of leftovers of leftovers, and we're sitting there feeling spiritually nauseous. I feel like God's wanting to do something new in this place, and that is to bring manna on a regular basis. He sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies so that we can eat something new. And today, we're going to do part three of our series of Here for Life. In week one, we talked about Holy Spirit coming in, filling us up in the context of us looking for an outpour in this place on a Sunday morning in our communities for a revival. Last week, I gave absolute permission to be selfish. We wanted you to think about you being filled with the Holy Spirit, with power, with might. We dabbled a little bit of talking about tongues and signs and wonders and, and the importance of having being filled with the Holy Spirit for your personal self. Today, we're talking about you being filled with the Holy Spirit and what that means for us as a church body. Uh, I played football, basketball in high school, and to be honest with you, I was not that great. I'm not that guy that's going to be up here and say that I rocked in high school, and I didn't. I never had a college scout look at me. I, I, I may have started in high school, but again, that's like being the tannest albino. I mean, you're still super, super pale. And when it came to this place, I played high school football, I played high school basketball, and I was able to start, but I wasn't, 
I didn't go play college ball anywhere. I was nothing to write home about. But you know one thing I did know is that I had a role to play on the team. Everybody here has a role to play. And here's the thing that takes place. Every single person on the field has a place in the game. Are you with me? As I graduated high school, like I said, I never played college ball. So I transitioned from being a player to being a fan. And I will get in the stands, and I will scream, and I will buy merchandise, and I will spend $20 on a bottle of water at a game. Like, you go through the whole thing because now I'm a fan of the sport. And here's the big part of today. In the kingdom of God, there are only players, not fans. There are only players, not fans. You can't be a fan on the sidelines and say that you're in God's army. You are a player in the thing. The Bible tells us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and it's rooting us on. But can I tell you, everybody in the stands, their heart is no longer beating. So if your heart is beating, you're running the race. You are a player in the game. In Romans chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul tells us this idea that he's coming to them to give them or talk about spiritual gifts. And today we're going to be walking through spiritual gifts. This is not an exhaustive message. We're not going to dive into a bunch of stuff when it comes to each individual spiritual gift. Uh, We'll do a later series in the year and talk about some details of spiritual gifts. But today my role is to talk about what Holy Spirit is wanting to do in this place through that aspect. Are you with me? So if you're sitting there going, Pete, what's my spiritual gift? I'm not going to tell you. I'm not. Not today. Today's not that context. Uh, This is not, like I said, something that's going to be exhaustive. It's going to be something just to dip our toes in, to stir it up on what's taking place in us. So let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is probably the, uh, the verse of verses. There's really four main passages for spiritual gifts, but this is the one that pretty much is the, the go-to. We're going to read in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not, say do not, want you to be ignorant. One version says, I don't want you to be uninformed. Can I tell you, God is not looking for his people to walk around blindly. He's not looking for you just to go, I don't know, in case you're off, you're off, and it is what it is. Like He's wanting you to know and to be informed because people who are informed can become empowered. Information is power. God is wanting you to know this, that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are Differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, the same, and to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another discerning working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different types of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. We're going to pause right there for a second. Right there. God, I just thank You that we are going to, to dive in and that You're going to open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, let us be in connection with your spirit. Give us a fresh word today. Manna, let us, let us connect ourselves to your word, God, that as we dive into this, that you uh, give us revelation, that you give us knowledge, that you use me, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that you have given. God, I just ask that they be in full operation today in your name. Amen. Here's what Paul is saying here. There is one spirit. This is the Trinitarian. Or the Holy Spirit gives Every man, every woman who is a son of God, spiritual gifts. This is different than talent. The only way you receive a spiritual gift is to be filled with the Spirit and anointed by God. Are you with me? You can have talent and it not be a spiritual gift. A lot of times they coincide. Okay? EJ has a beautiful talent to sing, but she also is anointed to do that. There is a spiritual gift inside of her. I have the ability to sing, it is not anointed. Have you ever noticed that you can have two people? I, I, I can play the piano, it's okay. B minus. I've met people who knew less than I did, who had less experience than I did, but for some reason or another, when they'd start to play, you could feel God's presence come in. Are you with me? They may not have had the same amount of talent, but they were anointed for something. In the body of Christ, God has given each and every one of you spiritual gifts. If you have been saved, if you are spirit-filled, you are filled with a gift. Can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is a gift, and He gives you to the world as a gift. He not only gives you to the world as a gift, He gives you to this body as a gift. Your calling at this place, at this church, is to use your gifts that God has given you to the, to the utmost. Here's the thing that I love about this. This passage is talking about how we operate as a body of Christ, not as individual Christians. This is some of the biggest confusion with this passage right here. And that is this. We read this passage and it goes, and to some can prophesy and some will do miracles and some will pray in tongues and some will interpret tongues and some will do this and some will do that. And this is the thing. This whole context is what happens as we gather. Can I tell you, I do not have the spiritual gift of praying in tongues. But I personally pray in tongues. Because there's something different when it's a spiritual gift functioning for the body of Christ versus something functioning for my personal life. Are, are y'all tracking with me so far? 
you can have an empowerment of the Holy Spirit that is for Bob, but that's not for the entire body. There is times in my life, and there's probably been times in your life, where a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, whatever it has been, has dropped into your spirit, but are you standing up being the oracle for the church? Probably not. Are you, tra- are you, are you with me? This passage is not going, well, I guess EJ can pray in tongues, and Pastor Allen can heal, and, 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 and Ken can go interpret tongues. That's not what's taking place in our personal life. What's taking place is that you have a gift from the Holy Spirit to edify this body, to grow this body spiritually, to help us mature, to connect us with the Holy Spirit. And here's one of some of the big things that I want to talk about real quick on this, and that is this. Is number one, there are differences in this place, and differences are a good thing. If we all have the same gift, we are going to be a very one-sided, one-operational team. Can you imagine if every single person on the football team was a quarterback? They can throw the ball all day, but to who? I don't know. Who's going to block for them? See, there's got to be different roles. There has to be different functions. There has to be different parts. And the Holy Spirit looks at the church and goes, they need this, they need this. He is the ultimate general manager of a football team going, I need a new receiver, I need a new running back, I need to get some defense coming in. And that's the, that's the coolest part of this whole body experience is that how we have people that come in for such a time as this. I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with a pastor where somebody may have moved away or they're in military or whatever it was, and they would contribute financially to the church, and we'd be like, that would go, God will provide. God will provide. And all of a sudden, somebody slides in and picks up the slack exactly where they were. And it's always baffled me until I started to realize is that God is the best general manager of this team that you could possibly imagine. And he looks and goes, what do I need? I'll send them in. But here's the kicker. you got to be willing to play the game. He can send you to the team, but if you're going to want to ride the bench and fake your injuries all the time, if you're holding out for a bigger contract, but the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the profit of all. If your gift is only profiting, profiting you, it's not being used spiritually speaking. It's used carnally. The Bible also tells us that the gift of God are without repentance. He doesn't pull them back. And this is the weird part that I've watched. I've watched people use a God-given spiritual gift against the kingdom of God for selfish, self-centered motivation. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Uh, I've watched people who are humble, who are great. They would teach the word with fire. They would teach with passion. They would, all of a sudden, God would start opening doors and, and they'd be on television, they'd be on radio, whatever it was, and they'd start to travel. And then all of a sudden, you'd watch their messages completely change. And you're going, what are you doing? And what's happening is that God opened doors for them and they shifted their gift for themselves. Because if they kept being who God called them to be, they wouldn't receive as much. God wants you to use your gift. He wants me to use my gifts for all of us. 
He also says that he gives us measures of gift. This has bothered me because I like upward basketball when it comes to the Spirit of God. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody wins. But can I tell you, that's not what God does. And it has been a hard road for me because I, Pete, deal with pride. Does anybody else deal with pride ever in their life? Does anybody else ever deal with comparison? It's one thing for me to compare my voice to EJ's. It's a joke. An absolute joke. I don't live in the shadows and go, man, I wish I could sound like Andrew, and I'm not going to compare myself to Andrew's voice. It's, it's like me playing basketball and saying I want to compare myself against LeBron James. Like it's, No one in their right mind is going to think they're as good as LeBron. That's, you know, me. But what I have a problem doing is I compare myself to people who have the same gifts as me. And one of the hardest and most difficult things for me is to go, God, you know what's best for me more than I know what's best for me. See, Paul tells us this, this passage, and I love this, and I think it's in 1 Corinthians, I think it's in 4, I'm not quite sure. Or he tells us that uh, Paul water, or plants, Apollo's water, there's this whole idea of growing a garden. And God is wanting you to grow and to develop in the person that he's called you to be. But you know what's crazy is that he also understands what's the best soil for you to grow in. And this has been the hardest thing for me to realize when it comes to spiritual gifts. Because as a millennial, we have the curse and the blessing of having instant gratification with phones or, or tablets or whatever it is at our fingertips. At any given moment, we can desire and we can choose to watch what's taking place. And now, since the, the, the explosion of, of everything that's the, the mobile device, if you're not Stephen Furtick, if you're not Chris Hodges at Highlands, then you failed. If you don't got 20,000 people in your church, then you're not doing it. Can I tell you, no one has told me that, but I have. Because one thing that's happened is, is I would begin to compare my gifts and my talents and my leadership ability and my communication ability, not to better it, to make it better for you, but I would find myself working on it so that I could be as good as somebody else. Come on. And what happens in the kingdom of God a lot of times is that God has called you to be something, and that is called you. Not you. I'm not called to be Savannah. And what's happening is that we have this thing in, in, in our churches where people uh, begin to develop the spiritual gifts that God has for them and become somebody that's being planted and they're saying, God put me in the game and they jump in and then somebody else begins to get more blessed than they do, more popular than they do, more praises than they do and they go, well, I must, it's not my thing, I, I got to quit. Or they turn into strife and begin to undercut that person's success. At a previous church I, I, I was pastoring at, we, we had a, a plurality of small groups. 
I think at one time it was like 20, 25 small groups. I can't remember at the, the time. But what would happen is that we'd have this small group sign-up day. And I had all my small group leaders out in the foyer. And people would run out and they'd sign up for a small group and they would do this. And I would watch, my, I would watch our small group leaders begin to compare their numbers. And then they would go to somebody else who had 10, 12, 13 small group people in their small group and go, hey, hey, they have a lot of people in their group. Why don't you come to my group instead? And what was taking place is that people were beginning to undercut each other so that they could feel like everybody had the exact same piece of the pie. But can I tell you, you don't know what God is doing in that individual and what they need. Number two, you don't know what you need. One thing that I've learned as a small group leader is some of my best small groups were with three to four people. Some of my worst small groups were I was standing room only. Did it look good on my numbers? Did I feel good like everybody was coming to get my wonderful revelation? And they, they came for the food. I just happened to pick a night that was open for everyone's schedule. No. Can I tell you? It doesn't matter, and it is not your responsibility to dictate how big your gift is. It's just your responsibility to use it and develop it to the fullness of God's ability inside of you. And is it scary sometimes? Absolutely it is. But your gift and your ability is for the body. Some of you guys are incredible teachers. You can take the Word, you can study it, you can break it down, and you can, you, you can do all this, and then you're sitting there and you're going, hey, uh, uh, well, God, I, I've got a message prepared, and whenever Pastor Allen's ready, then I'll be used, and I'll just sit here until he, he calls me up on stage. All the while, God's going, what if you did a weekly group at your house, and you could minister that Word every single week? No, 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 I need the stage. I need everyone to watch how awesome I am I how I've studied and how I can pronounce the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic. But God is wanting to do something in you too. See, our responsibility is not to be on the stage. Can I be very transparent with you? I love to communicate the word. It's something that I truly, truly love. But I hate being in front of people. Like, some of my best times was when I was able to preach during COVID. It was just me and a camera. Just to be honest with you, like, I don't, I, I put my keyboard there because it's behind Tyler and Andrew, and I'm not on camera. I don't like it. I don't. And here's the thing that I've realized for me personally is this is that has come along because I used to crave it because I would get my uh, uh, accolades and my love tank filled based on what everybody was saying about me. And then I realized, Pete, you're not doing spiritual gifts for the body of Christ. You've been doing it for you. And that's selfish. And I don't know what you need. And I don't know what God's called you to do. But there's a lot of people in this place that have called and been anointed and have spiritual gifts to be used in this body, that are waiting for a magical moment that's not happening, but they're turning away opportunities today. The Bible says don't despise small beginnings. 
And if we're sitting on the sideline waiting for our thousand-member opportunity, we're going to miss the lives that we can change with two. And there's nothing like taking two people and growing those two people in the ways of God and watching them disciple other people and those two turn into six and those six turn into 20 and you're watching this and you're, you're giving birth to spiritual sons and daughters. You're watching this whole thing take place. It's a life-changing experience to see. Can I tell you what else? Spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the Spirit. We cannot look and go, well, my spiritual gift is love, but it ain't patience. That must be EJ's. No. Your responsibility is to develop the fruit of the Spirit in your entirety of your life, and God will give you spiritual gifts. Here's something cool about spiritual gifts. Sometimes they're situational. They truly are. I'll never forget, and my parents are here, they can, they can attest to this, they can, they can call me a liar, but I don't sing, and I never took music lessons, but my mom used to be the worship leader, right mom? And she can't sing either, <laughs> but you know what she can do? She can worship. She sure can. True. Our worship leader was moving. Zach was moving down to, to go to Bible college. And my mom comes to me and goes, hey, uh, you're going to be the new worship leader. That's cute, mom. I don't sing, and I don't play an instrument. You know what she said? Figure it out. So she told me. So you know what I did? I went before God and said, this is the craziest thing I've ever asked God, but I need something. I need something. I think it was three weeks later I was playing the piano on a Sunday morning. And I led worship. And then you know what? I moved to Fort Myers, Florida. And I never played again. For eight years I pastored down there, and not one time did I play the piano. Not once. In fact, what the funny thing was is that I went down there and I sat down at a keyboard one time, and I went, and I went, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I kept trying and trying, and then just, it was gone. It was situational. I came back here, kicked back up again. It's the most bizarre experience of my life. But you know what I'm doing? I'm opening myself to be willing for Holy Spirit to use me however he wants to see it. And there will be a coming a day or he'll look and go, hey, Pete, you're no longer going to be on stage playing the piano, and I'm going to high-five him out the, off the stage. Because I want to see other people's gifts used, not just mine. And this is where Ephesians 4 kicks in full speed. For God's given us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to do all of the work of the ministry. No. No. He gave his pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. There's an old mindset that the pastor has to be good at everything to keep the church going. You know what the pastor has to be good at? Being the man that he's called to be. 
The second thing he's supposed to do is to look at the crowd and go, God, what are you doing in people's lives? Equipping you to do ministry. It is, the, it is our responsibility as pastors to give opportunities for everybody else. But you know what my job is not? My job is not to tell you what your gifting is. I wish it could. Anybody remember the Matrix? And you had the Oracle, that lady who could just go, hmm, and tell everyone, oh yeah, you're the one. Yeah, I would love that. I don't have it. I would love to sit down with everybody individually and be like, oh yeah, you're, you're a teacher. And oh yeah, you've got the gift of healing. And I, I, How cool would that be? It's not my job. I don't have that gift. But you know who does have that gift? Holy Spirit. He does. And he awakens things inside of you. Has anybody ever had an, an innate desire to go and do a bunch of street witnessing? Raise your hand. Stick it up high. Like you want to go on the street and do a bunch of street witnessing. Stick your hand. Hold it, hold it up. Hold it up. Hold it up high. There you go. Yeah. Look around. Look around. Yeah. That's not common. It's not common because it's your spiritual gift, not mine. I will dive in it. I will help you any way I can. But that's the thing. When you start looking and going, I'm seeing things that I think are common that aren't. My mom and my dad, as parents, and mom will talk about this next week when we do our, 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 our Here for Life series on, on being a parent and all that fun stuff. But my mom used to tell me this. Pete, the things that you think are normal aren't normal. Not everybody can see the way that you see things. It's not because I'm special. It's not because I'm this huge seer. But one thing that I know since I was a child is I've had the ability to have understanding and call it reading people, call it words of knowledge or discerning spirits, whatever words you want to throw in there, but I've always had that ability, and I thought everybody could see it. I thought it was obvious. Come to find out it's not. Yeah, spiritual gift of common sense. You know what's funny? How many here have ever had Pastor Allen pray for them and you've been healed? Yeah, yeah, tons of us. You know what? I have prayed for people and they've been healed. But he actually has the gift of healing. And he's like, well, that's normal. Like, no, Dad, that's not. He doesn't see it as a spiritual gift. It's just, I'm just being me. That's how you know it's a gift. <laughs> it's just you being you. You know what's crazy? Is like, and I don't know, and I'm sorry, bro, I'm going to throw you under the bus hardcore. But Andrew sings. He's got a beautiful voice. But for some reason or another, and here's what people haven't, I don't know if he's caught this or not, when he sings, people stop. They stop talking mid-sentence and listen. That's not normal. That's a gift from God. Not because he's unbelievably talented, which he is, but there's something different between talent and anointing on your talent. Here's the thing that we have to find ourselves, is that first and foremost, we have to find ourselves with a full dependence on Holy Spirit on every aspect of our lives. 
God, I need you to move mightily in my life because I need to be the person that you've called me to be because the body of Christ needs it to be. Here's the thing. Have you ever thought about how much of a miracle your body is? The bones, the cells, the joints. Just think about driving here. How your eyes had to adjust for distance. Simultaneously, your feet are deciding how much pressure to put on the, on the gas. Your hands are on the steering wheel while you're talking and texting on your phone at the same time. Mom, don't lie. Yelling at some kid or, or a husband. And you made it here alive. Women, you... You grow a human without thinking about it. It's just like, well, yep, there's a human. Think about how crazy that is. And, the, and Paul looks and says, we are the body of Christ. The fact that you can move independent arms and fingers and, and, to, and to, to change your, how your, your eyebrows move and your facial expressions and everything else, and the idea that all of a sudden your left hand doesn't decide to punch yourself in the face all on its own. Have you ever watched a baby? Like they grab something and you can see it in their eyes. They're just like, ah, they're staring at this toy while their other hand is moving towards their face. Have you ever, it's the funniest thing. I'll never forget watching my daughter. She had the spoon gripped in her hand and she's staring at it trying to get it to her mouth, and the other hand is moving to her mouth, and she's doing this, it's just not, she, she doesn't have it. And this is what's taking place in the body of Christ, is that we're not maturing in our gifts, and so then there's a need for something, and all of a sudden we're staring at this need, getting smacked in the face with the other hand. Or, this hand's holding something, and this hand doesn't like it, and so our hands are smacking each other. And what's going on is that we have to first and foremost realize that the Holy Spirit grants us spiritual gifts for profiting of all. He determines how much or how little, and it doesn't mean he loves that person more and he loves you less. He has built you for a very specific job. And can I tell you, if he gave me the same roles as a uh, Chris Hodges, it would crush me. And you know what's crazy? Is that I personally believe that if he gave Chris Hodges the same role that he gave me, he might be very unfulfilled and be very depressed at the same time. We don't know what's going on in each person's life, but God does. He knows what each person needs at every stage of their lives. But you've got to be willing to be filled by the Holy Spirit, You've got to be willing to rely on the Holy Spirit, and you've got to be willing to get in the game. I felt called to communicate the gospel at a young age. At a young age. My very first message that I ever preached was in high school, uh, high school uh, uh, youth service when Heidi and Rusty were the youth pastors. It was horrible, but I gave it my all. I had the privilege to preach and teach. I was called as a youth leader, as a youth pastor for a season in my life. And then uh, I moved from, from Millbrook, Alabama, down to Fort Myers, Florida. And I knew I was called to be on staff. You know what job they had for me? Kids pastor. 
Can I tell you, that was the one thing I said I would never do again. In fact, I sat down with the pastor, I'm like, I'm not doing kids, ever. Ever, ever. Never doing kids ministry, ever again. Not doing kids ministry ever again. I'm not doing youth ministry ever again. That season is over. I'm ready for the good stuff because I'm really mature now. I'm 24 years old. I know everything that's going on. I'm ready for the adult services. And I sat in my room and I wept before God because I was now determining what kind of gifts and talents were going to be used. You know what God told me? You don't have to do kids and you don't have to do youth. You don't have to. I'll find somebody else. But this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. I went back to pastor and I said, you know what? Whatever you need me to do, I guess I'll do it. He goes, all right, great. And we did it. And we did it. And we did it. And we grew. And I loved it for that season. And it was, I, my heart became part of it. And here's the thing that I've had to realize in my life, and one thing you're going to have to realize too is this, is that you as a player are responsible for jumping in the game and letting the coach determine what play is being called. But if we're always waiting for the touchdown pass every single time, you know, it's crazy to watch college football, and when a receiver gets two or three touchdowns in a game, he's had the game of his life. What we don't realize is that he ran 150 plays to get three. The amount of times he ran a two-yard slant and get drilled. The amount of times he ran with all of his heart and the quarterback didn't even look at him. The amount of time he knew that the ball was going to be handed off to somebody else, but his job was to run with all of his heart to throw the defense off. And then here I am, Peter Kova, getting all upset because I'm not getting touchdown passes every time I get on the field. No, come on, guys. we got to get in the mindset of we're here for the body. We're here for the body. Whatever the body needs. If it needs me to clean a toilet, I'm going to clean a toilet with all my heart. If it needs me to teach a kid's class, I'm going to teach a kid's class. I may be called to preach to the nations, but right now I've got an opportunity for kids. If it needs me to help in youth, if it needs me to play a, a piano, if it needs me to sing a, a song, if it needs me to be an usher and greet somebody because I'm a hospitable person, if it needs me to pray and to prophesy, if it needs me to lay hands on the sick, if it needs me to go out in the streets and bring people into church, whatever it may need, I'm willing, Holy Spirit, to be that person. Person. Just fill me up. Give me opportunities, coach. Put me in the game and I can do it. I was horrible in offense. Except for one play. Coach would put me as a wide receiver for one play and one play only. He would send me in motion. And he would always send me in motion on this one play because the defensive end was so destroying our quarterbacks. He would send me in motion, and I'd start running down the field, and he would wait, and he would wait, and he would wait, and he would snap the ball, and right about the time, the defensive end pushes off our tight end, and he comes around the corner to destroy our quarterback, but I was already full speed, and I was a dummy that would just launch right into this guy's ear hole and try to knock him out. That was my play, and I loved it. Loved it. Can I tell you? I tell coach, you need somebody to throw themselves into something, put me in. I may not be able to run a 4-240. I may not have a huge vertical, 
I can't throw the ball 80 yards. I can't make somebody fall, you know, break their ankles when I'm trying to run past them. But you know what I can do, Coach? I can throw myself into something. may not be much, but I can do it. And here's how we have to come into every single moment in the body of Christ. God, I may not be everything. I may not be the next big, huge thing. But if you need something, throw me in. Whatever opportunity comes my way, whether it's leading a small group, whether it's worshiping, whether it's greeting, whether it's getting up here early in the mornings and, and, and blowing off the sidewalks, whether it, whatever it may be, God, I'm here to serve your body to make it all work out. Holy Spirit, use me today, use me tomorrow, use me on a Thursday to see that everyone, everyone is profiting from who you call me to be. That's the role that we have. I, I, uh, two Wednesdays ago, I watched Tim and I watched Matt Marvel come up on a Wednesday afternoon on his little ATV, spraying poison, uh, killing weeds and weed eating. How many of you guys saw him? A couple of you. But you know you don't see? Weeds this tall. The gift that he is benefited all of us. He wasn't on stage. He wasn't on our Facebook feed. But you know what Tim's small gift was? For the entire body to look good. The years of service that Ken Smith has done at that door, greeting people in. I can't tell you the time I've had a horrible day and he's smiled at me, calls me doctor for some reason, and shakes my hand. Makes me feel like a million bucks every single time. You know what it does? Is it sets me up to be friendly to everybody else. His gift spills out into me to spill onto you. The amount of time that I've had words of encouragement from somebody. Man, Miss Elaine, I can tank every message. And Miss Elaine's like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I'm like, you lying. That was garbage. She's like, it just changed my life. What did I talk about? I don't, I'm still meditating on it. <laughs> but you know what? She's an encourager. See, that's the thing is that we don't all see those things, but we all experience it. And you don't have to have this big, huge public ministry to be used and profiting the people. Come on, somebody. The students who go and help our kids' ministry out. Pastor Heidi who goes down there and does her stuff. Like I, I'm watching what's taking place, and the amount of people that it takes to edify all of us is so big. And this is why we have to go, I'm getting off the bench, and I'm getting in the game, coach. I'm gifted for what? I don't know, but I'll take an opportunity. If you like to communicate the gospel, if you love to, to love people and watch them grow, come see me. We'll talk, talk about small groups. If you've got a musical ability, come see EJ. We'll get you plugged in. If you have no ability at all, but you'd like to be a friendly person, see Ken. We'll get you plugged in and hold the door. If you say, I don't even like people, come see me. I'll get you on a mower. We all have a piece to play in this thing. And here's the thing that we're losing, is that if God puts you here, it's for a purpose. And if you're not in the game, what are we doing? What are we doing? All right, that's enough for today. God, we just thank you that you have called us, anointed us to do something great for your kingdom. It may not be flashy, it may not be big, it may not look... Uh, uh, and be televised around the world, but God, I just think that it is important for your kingdom.
That God, even though that we may be the, the, the soldiers and behind the scenes and be doing things that no one else ever knows, whether it's uh, changing diapers right now or, or where Kim is and, and working with our kids' ministry, uh, nursery, God, that the blessing that that is for our church, we just thank you for what she's doing back there. God, whether it's uh, the ushers or the greeters or, or, or maybe the sound techs and Josh over there changing slides, the gift that he is, God, we just thank you for those giftings. And Father, I just thank you that right now that you're beginning to stir up inside of everyone to get involved, to get plugged in, to be a part of the team, to get off the bench and get in the field. God, Holy Spirit, fill this church with your presence. Fill each individual with your power, with your wisdom, and with your grace for this season. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.